All right, guys, welcome to our podcast. How do you know if you know God? How do you know? I'm actually, I'm glad I came. I'd like to know this. Yeah, Casey, thanks for joining me today. And um, I think this is something we'd like to do through the Knowing God series, you and I. Yep. Just having more time to either discuss things like, what, what does this mean? What does this mean for my life? And, and for today, it's having the time yeah. to get into what are the markers biblically so that we can have peace and confidence that we know God. Uh, what I felt convicted is is to go through a lot of the truth that's in the book of Romans. Yeah. So even if, you know, we're going to shoot for 15 minutes today, we might go uh, longer. Uh, Casey's starting the clock now, so that we have <laughs> a frame of reference. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have time, or if listening, if you're not an audit, auditory learner, um, do this. This would be your homework. Yep. Go through the book of Romans slowly. Go through Romans slowly. Journal. Ask questions of the text. Look at some of the, the, the background. But just go through Romans. So if you if you don't listen any farther in this podcast, yeah. just go through Romans slowly. And there's so much in there that will help you to know that you know God. But if you do want to stick around, and you can still go through Romans, but we are going to go through a couple of the key points here yep. to kind of piggyback and jump off. Because our whole first sermon that we just had this week, that you did an awesome job, by the way, mm, um, really just it, it kind of set up the idea of what knowing God means mm -hmm. and, and so why it's important. And then so the rest of this time, we really have to go through these attributes and stuff. Yes. So, so that was one reason I thought this was a good idea, because um, you can get as much as you can into that 35, 40 minutes of the sermon um, but then there's way more to talk about. And so we wanted to have any of the people who are speaking this uh, during this message um, or even just uh, Carson and I kind of going and just like exploring some more things, giving uh, people we hope, hey, if you're listening and you're a girl group right now, you're in the right place and you did awesome mm -hmm. um, because we're going to give stuff that would be great for you guys to talk about. I know that's a big initiative that Carson's here as the next gen pastor role is going to be to like really like hit the NOS button on our, on our grow groups and getting this community even bigger than it is. We have <laughs> a great grow group uh, uh, community here in Cheyenne Hills. I never yeah. saw this before when in the church I grew up, but so I can't wait to see what happens when we actually pour some gas on the fire. So let's hit the NOS button. There let's you go. Let's, 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 let's hit the NOS button and let's go. So I'm not even a car guy. I don't even know. <laughs> we're going to jump into the book of Romans. Uh, so we're going to be, we're going to be in Romans chapter three. So how do you know if you know God, if you know God, you have conviction of sin. Mm -hmm. and, and so right here in Romans chapter 3, we're going to read through uh, verses 9 through 20. It says, what then? Um, are Jews better off? No, not at all. For we've, all, uh, we've already charged that both the Jews and the Greeks are under sin. It is written, none are righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside and together have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave and their tongues to deceive. Venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curse, curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood and their paths are to ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God in their eyes. I think that's a big one right there is do you fear God? Yeah. If you have no fear of God, and I'm sure our listeners right now, you can think of people that have no fear of God. It's yeah. all over media and social media. Like <laughs> you can see and in, in here, and there are people that have zero fear of God and they don't know God. Well, and but we, if you know God, you, you have, have the, fear. the fear of God. The idea is the understanding and the word behind it is more the awe, the, the understanding of how big 
how he is, how much he owns everything that exists, including us, mm-hmm. how much uh, we owe him and how much, um, just how much authority he really does have over us and, and, and of a right. Well, we've, we've learned so much from Keith as well. Yeah. Like, um, and I was thinking about judge. Mm-hmm. So there is, there yeah. is this piece of like, you will stand before God as yep. judge. And, and so we've learned a lot from Keith with what <laughs> he does professionally with that. And I think this is, I think it's both of those things, right? Like we continue to have a fear and a reverence for God, but yeah. there is a fear of the wrath of God. So yeah. let me keep reading and let's check this out. So verse 19 says, now that we know that whatever the law says, and then again, this is like courtroom language, right? The law it yeah. speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth will, may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. Mm. For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Uh, through the law comes knowledge of sin. And, and this is in the book, Knowing God, as well as yeah. that like, like we understand what is right because of what God says. Yeah. And sin is not doing what's right. And, and we will be held accountable and judged yeah. if we don't have Jesus. And, and so part of it is, if you don't have that fear of the wrath of God, of what could have happened if Jesus isn't here, like what you stand to face without Christ, you don't fully appreciate the grace that is Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I mean, look at just the 10 commandments. Yeah, there's over 600 commandments in total in the Old Testament, but just the 10 commandments, Mm -hmm. we break all of them. Yeah. And, and, And God will judge us because he's good and because no sin gets just like overlooked. Yeah. Right? Like, like God is just and he's good in his justice. Yeah. But that also then applies to us since we have broken those 10 commandments. So that'd be a side note, go look up the 10 commandments. Maybe if we don't have those memorized, just to look at like, what are the 10 commandments? I break those. Therefore I am under God's wrath. And that's, un- that's in Romans. Like the wrath of God is coming against sin. Um, and this, mm-hmm. the last note that I had is that works will save no one. Mm-hmm. So if you think that you can do better, try harder and somehow work your way into a good relationship yeah. with God, you don't know God Yep. doing good things, doing good works is a result of our salvation, but they cannot save you. Yeah. And getting that in the right order is so important. So let's continue in verse 21 and chapter three. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So I just, we could spend the rest of our time just getting into the details. And a sermon series on top of it. (laughs) Of that. But I just put the question is that how are we saved then? It is by faith in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's by faith that we're saved, not by works, not by the law. Jesus is the only one to ever perfectly fulfill that. And it's through faith that we are both saved and that we have Jesus's righteousness imputed or given to us. And it's just faith. And it's that big word, and I won't go very long on it, but there's a big Scrabble word you're going to hear, <laughs> a Scrabble-winning word called propitiation, <laughs> which is uh, the act of averting the wrath of God by the offering 
of um, a gift or a sacrifice. I'm so glad you said that because that is uh, not all versions have propitiation. And I wanted to start with the sin and the wrath. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because propitiation doesn't, it doesn't, um, doesn't it doesn't make sense, right? Without knowing that there, that because of sin, there's wrath. And I love this picture of, uh, think of like a boat. Uh, they have the, the life, uh, what are those little life dinghies? Preservers. Like the, you know, like the life preserver, but yeah, it's like the, that circular yeah. version. And it's, and it's like someone that is not by any water. Like it's like someone in <laughs> Wyoming on the streets of Wyoming and you toss that to them and they're like, why did <laughs> why you just give this? me a life preserver? But if someone feels like they are drowning in the ocean and there's waves crashing over them and they want a life preserver. So I feel like sin and the knowledge of sin and God's wrath against it is like feeling like you're drowning in the ocean and you need that life preserver. But without sin and without wrath, you're just tossing a life preserver to someone that's on land. And they're like, I don't understand why I need this. But without yeah, So if you don't understand that all have sinned, it's not like, well, I don't really feel like a bad person, so I'm probably okay. All have sinned, period, end of sentence. And no amount of works can make up for that sins. Even the law, even being perfect, uh, the only thing you could do is be perfect in the law, but the only way to do that is to be fully God and also fully man at the same time, which only yeah. one person has done. And Absolutely. In order to be that sacrifice. But my last, more. my last note was uh, verse 26. It says that, so that Jesus had to die for God to be just and the justifier. So I think that's interesting. So God, the only way for him to be just and good is that he had to punish sin. And that looks like what happened yeah. on the cross. But then at the same time, he's the justifier of yeah. everyone that has faith in Jesus. Next, we are going to be in Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so one of the markers that I wrote down was, do you have peace? Yeah. So you start with the fear of God. And I believe that you also, I don't know how this works, um, but like the Holy Spirit, I believe, is a part of convicting us of our sin, yeah. to make us aware of sin, the, to make us aware of the fear of God and the, yeah. that like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with this? I feel like the Spirit is involved with that. Yeah. Um, but then once you've professed faith, and you've become a Christian, and you have the Holy Spirit in your life, there's this peace. So you go from all of this, maybe this worry and anxiousness, and there's this peace because you know that you have peace with God. The wrath of God has been satisfied through Jesus Christ, and now you have the Spirit of God in you. And and verse 5 says, Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I just said... You know, God's love has been poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit. So you that is something that you should feel. Yeah, You feel the love of God that has been poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, I might argue, is the marker yeah. for whether you know if you know God. You have the Holy Spirit. You feel that love. It's been poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit, which is our, he's our guide. He's our helper. He helps us understand the Bible. He continues to convict us on sin so that we can be formed more and more into the image of Christ, which will take a lifetime. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit every day is helping us to be formed more into the image of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And in I love that C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity in, in his kind of opening thing talks about um, that to to be a Christian is to commit to a lifelong education. 
mm-hmm. because even if you have these markers and you can tell, okay, good, I've got, I've got this feeling, I've, I've got the knowing of God, that doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean, okay, cool, I know him, I'm good. There's still so much more to know, to, to know him even better. And this thing that you're, yeah. uh, you're talking about, um, the pouring out is that kenosis. And, and Jay Packer in his book refers to it. He says, it's not just a pouring out like a cup of water. It's like a deluge that could fill like, you know, mountain valleys. Yeah. Like that's what he's pouring onto. It's this hugeness of God is being poured into you. And that's amazing. So now that, you know, so we're going to go into chapter six next in Romans. And, and, and Paul now is like, all right, so now what? You, you, you have that faith, yep. you've been justified, you have the Spirit, now what? So I'm going to read verses 1 through 14. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And just a side note right there, that's usually what people will say during baptism. Yeah. Buried with him in death, raised to walk in newness of life. So yeah. it's, it's, it's from Ro, uh, Romans chapter 6, and I just I love that. And so reading on in verse 5, it says, For we have been united with him in death like his. We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Mm. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. I've got some thoughts. That was a lot of scripture, but why don't you kick us off with, with your thoughts, and then I'll... So one of the things that that, that, that reminds me of, not only is that is that an amazing thing, not only we'd go back and we see that that's what Jesus was talking about in, in, John, in John 3, where we get John three sixteen, our favorite verse ever, mm-hmm. um, is he's talking about being born again. He says you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. And this is the rebirth that he's talking about, the rebirth that he hadn't made possible yet, but that we all are live in the dispensation to be able to enjoy that. And when I, just the last thing I'll say about enjoyment, one of the biggest things I hear sometimes in, poly, in apologetics uh, arguments and stuff like that is like, well, if I can just do anything I want, and then at the last minute, right before I die, I say, "Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus and I accept Him," yeah, and then I go to heaven, right? It's like, no, that's absolutely not it. Is even what He said there? Once you've even once you've accepted it, you aren't just like you're not you know you're stainless now, but it doesn't mean you you can't do wrong. Um, one of the things I look at is you have this grace, but the idea is to be able to enjoy that grace, but not take advantage of it not continue to act poorly knowing that God will uh, knowing God will forgive you again that's taking advantage of a gift like you wouldn't you wouldn't do that to your to your family why would you do that to your brother Jesus yeah you know so I was thinking like if we 
all of our human examples fail, fail, you know, but, but to think about our kids, like, you know, like I won't want my kids just because they know dad is loving and I'm going to give them another chance and forgive them. I don't want them to just flippantly disregard what the rules of the home are and that like whatever, you know, them obeying Mm -hmm. shows love. Yeah. And that's just an earthly example, but I think that that transcends as well as, as we obey God and trust his word, we show him love. And that, and I think that makes, um, I, don't, I was going to say God happy, but like, or sad. I don't know. I don't know. Does yeah. that make, put, does that put a smile I, on I God's face? You, say, you know, like pleasing, I, to, you God. Know, pleasing yeah. to God. Yeah. Um, so here's, here are my questions from that section in chapter six. Have you been baptized? Mm-hmm. Have you been baptized? Baptism, we, you know, I don't believe uh, is salvific. It doesn't save you, but baptism is very important. Yeah. And Jesus commanded us to be baptized. So, yeah. you know, take that for, you know, you guys can have your discussions around that, but have you been <laughs> baptized? You yeah. know, baptism is so important. Um, and then how are you using your body? This mm. is a convicting, yeah. convicting piece. So from what your mouth is saying from what your mind is thinking and what your eyes are looking at, are we using it as an instrument for righteousness and what honors God or are we using it in the opposite way? Yeah. Yep. I, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll give a second for everyone to kind of like sit there and go, Oh, and then we'll move on. Um, but <laughs> and, and to say that it's a process. Uh, I, I've said this at thrive is it's not, a, a graph, you know, like a line graph where it's just yeah. up and to the right. Every day I become more and more like Jesus. I never <laughs> regress. I never have, you know, um, hard times or one of the pastors I follow calls it the dark night of the soul or, or, or you stumble just because we're free from sin. Doesn't mean that Christians don't sin. Yeah. I don't know about you, Casey, no, but I struggle with sin every day. No, it, it looks is a more daily like a process. It, it more, looks more like a six flags ride for sure. I'm pretty sure I've managed a loop at least once. But you're just trying to make it to the end. But you're trying you're to trying to finish. And and the point of when you bring it up as these are markers is that you should feel that. I mean, I say should a lot, and I don't mean to to what I call should on people. Right. But but the idea is that if you feel like man, I didn't do good today. I I wish I did better. Like that is that marker is that desire yeah. to be pleasing to God. That desire to use uh, your body and your acts and your words to 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 continue to improve in that process is called sanctification. And that is not an overnight process. Mm. Everyone has a, everyone has a different journey. Well, now looking at our time, we're already running long because there's so many awesome things to, to look at. So I'm going to, I was going to read the, the scripture, uh, but I'll just say some things in summary. Getting into Romans chapter eight is so amazing. Again, if, if, if you're enjoying this, just read Romans slowly. It's such a good book. Um, but, but, but the question from Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 12 is, what do you, what do you set your mind on? Mm-hmm. The, the scripture talks about setting your mind on things of the flesh, which result in, result in death, or set your minds on things of the spirit, which results in life. So someone that knows God is someone that is setting their mind on things of the spirit, things that God wants them to think about. Mm. And it also talks about submitting to God's law. So you, how do you know if you know God? It is a joy to know and to obey God's law. And I put on here Psalm 119, which is, I think, the longest psalm. It, it, <laughs> if you listen to it, uh, I think it'll take you over five minutes. But um, Psalm 119, they, they, he, he makes references to your law is like honey. Mm. Your, your words and your law, it's like sweet. You know, it's like honey. 
um, it's it's a it's a pleasure to learn and to walk in the way of God. Mm-hmm. So how do you know if you know God? It's a pleasure. How do you know if you don't know God? You're like it. It sounds awful. Why would you <laughs> want all those rules? Why do you want someone bossing you around? You might be miserable trying to read the Bible, but for yeah. those of us that are believers, it is a pleasure to learn about what makes God happy, what is right, and that. As I do those things, I know that I uh, make God happy, I, I please him, but then there's blessing that yeah. comes from living a life and having the heart of David to want to please yeah. God. And this is not to say that if you have a if you have trouble reading the 2,000 to 5,000-year-old texts of the Bible, that if you struggle with that, that that means that you don't know God. The idea is that you're driven to know more, and so you'd want to, you want to dive in. So if you're struggling with that, there's all sorts of resources. There's places here. You can go back even on our YouTube. We have a Bible study methods, which teaches you like the fundamentals of exegesis. Like There's all sorts of great things you can do if you're struggling with the Word. But if you're struggling, that doesn't mean you're, you're not wrong. It's some of it's hard. Some of it's some of it's ancient Hebrew poetry, and it's kind of hard to unpack. So, yeah. And the last thing I would say is uh, verse fourteen says, "For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father." And and so. That's a, a big practical one is, you know, I shared my story with adopting David. Yeah. We are adopted into God's family. Yeah. I think there's, there's so much that comes with that. There's a humility that we, it, it's not our original family. Yeah. Um, there's nothing that we can demand or deserve, but we're in the family yeah. and we have the blessings of the family. Um, Romans chapter uh, eight as well talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God. Yeah. Oh, I needed that so much in college. <laughs> nothing that I can do or other people can do or in the spiritual realm, nothing can separate us mm-hmm. from the love of God. We are adopted into his family through our faith in Jesus Christ, and uh, nothing can separate us from mm-hmm. him. Well, to close us off, if you have hung with us this long, I want to close by reading chapter 12. In the, in the, um, the title for, in the ESV, it says, A Living Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And then there's another title in this one that says Marks of a True Christian. So I think this is the perfect way to end this podcast. And um, I think that's also a perfect way to kind of think about our life in the family of God is to live a life just like Jesus. And Jesus lived a life of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So how do you know if you know God? You are daily living a life of sacrifice. So let's read this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For, as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So, though many, we are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let, them, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if it's service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, and the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. 
Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Casey, I don't think we could say anything else to expand on that. Like that is the word of God. That is the calling that we live underneath. I guess I would just say that if we are living out Romans 12, Mm -hmm. more and more day by day, we know God. Amen. See you guys next week.